you reckon about the grown-ups? Do you reckon the grown-ups still like stories? Grown-ups, do you like stories? We do, don't we? Truth is, we probably like them more. We're obsessed with stories. That's why some of us, guilty confession time, read the same magazines week in, week out, same newspapers week in, week out. Some of us, not me, but some of you, watch soaps week in, week out because we love stories. We love to follow stories. So knowing how much everybody here loves stories, this morning, boys and girls, grown-ups, I'm going to tell you a story. And you've already shown us the middle bit of the story. You've jumped in halfway. So I want us to go right back to the start, and we're going to look at this great, big, massive story. And it's a story about a son versus a snake. Now, I want you to remember two things about this story, boys and girls. Number one thing about this story, it's true. Everyone loves a true story. This is a true story. And the second thing I want you to know about this story is it's your story. It's all of our stories. This is a story about the world we live in. And in an amazing way, boys and girls, this is a story about our lives. This is our story. And it's a story about a son and a snake. That's an unexpected Christmas title, isn't it? thought I'd shock you. It's a story that begins right at the beginning of the Bible. And at the beginning of the Bible, part one of our story is that God makes. That's what happens right at the start of the Bible. God makes this world. And in the middle of that world, he makes man. That's our friend here on the left. Two thumbs up. God makes man. And he makes man very special. Because he makes man, for that first line, that top line, to be friends with God. He makes us to know him and enjoy him and glorify him and obey him. He makes us special friends with him. And at the start, that is two thumbs up. Perfect. Two thumbs up. The second line that you see is that God doesn't just make one person to live by himself. He makes lots of people. He makes two people at the start, Adam and Eve, to be friends together. And at the start, their friendship is perfect. So God makes us to be perfect friends with him and perfect friends with each other. And actually, at the start, he makes us to be perfect friends with the world. That's the start of our story that God makes, and God makes everything good. Friends with him, friends with each other, friends with the world. That's how our story starts. Two thumbs up. This is good times for man. This is happy. And now at the start of this story, God tells the first two people, Adam and Eve. Hands up, have you heard of Adam and Eve? Yeah, we've all heard of Adam and Eve. Some of you at the back haven't got your hands up. That's shocking. You're not excluded from actions today, brothers and sisters. We've all heard of Adam and Eve. And what did God say to Adam and Eve? He told them one rule. He said, you can enjoy all the goodies of the garden I've made you live in, except for one. There's one tree that you can't eat the fruit of. That was his rule. And he said, if they ate the fruit from that tree, there'd be consequences. They'd die. And that was his one rule. But if they kept that rule, they'd get to be in the garden, enjoying all those good things, enjoying good friendship with him, good friendship with each other, good friendship with the world forever. But that's not the story. Because when we get to the third chapter of the Bible, we meet a new character. We meet the snake. Now this snake is described in the Bible as crafty, as cunning, as a trickster, as a liar. That's the snake we meet in Genesis 3. And the Bible goes on to tell us that this snake is no ordinary snake. He's the devil. He's the devil. He's the evil one. And he slithers into our story in Genesis 3. He is a horrible snake. He is not a snake we like. He is a bad, bad snake. He is the devil. 
And the devil, the snake, through his cunning, through his lies, convinces Eve and Adam to disobey God, to rebel against him, to sin. And so they go and eat of the, of the fruit which they weren't allowed. They choose to go with the word of the snake, not the word of the God who made them. And so they sin. And as they sin, everything God made good breaks. All the goodness of the garden, all the things that they loved and enjoyed at the start of the story, goodness with him, goodness with each other, goodness with the world, all get affected by rebelling against sin. What God said would happen, did happen. There were consequences of breaking this rule. The first line broke. As sinners, we couldn't be friends with God anymore. And as sinners, we didn't get on with each other anymore. And as sinners, the world actually broke. And so the world wasn't such a fun place to live anymore. Now, boys and girls, isn't that the world we live in? Yeah, it is. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. And I'm up here now, and you're down there now, so we listen to me. Um, This is the world we live in, isn't it? Do all of us get on with God perfectly all the time, obey him, know him perfectly? No, we don't. We don't always get on with each other, and we don't always enjoy living in this world. Think about it, boys and girls. um, Do you always live with God? Is Is he just here walking around with us? No, he's not. That's not the world we live in. And the second one, friends with each other all of the time. Do you know what? The first ever brothers in the Bible, because of the break in this line, hated each other. They had a massive fallout. And that's still the world we live in, isn't it? Do you get on with your brothers and sisters all the time? Hands up if you're perfect friends with your brothers and sisters all the time. No, I don't believe you. I do not believe you. I used to teach a P3 class, and every week I asked them, what is the biggest cause of trouble in your life? And every week, every member of my class said it's my brothers and my sisters. I fall out with them, they annoy me, I get cross, I give them a smack, it's all chaos. The second line is broken. And we don't always enjoy living in this world, do we? Sometimes school is tough and not much fun. And sometimes grown-ups, that's what it's like in our work life, isn't it? We know these broken, broken things as well, don't we? We live in a world of broken relationships. Even in our good relationships, the people we love, we still hurt. This is our world. This is our story. This is where we live. Boys and girls, do any of you ever go to the cinema? Yes. Lord. Good, good. I was in the cinema not too long ago and an advert came on. You know those annoying adverts at the start? And at the end of the advert, it said this. It was an advert for paint. You know like paint that your mum and dad decorate with? And at the end of the advert, it said, Your life is a story. Change it with Dulux. Your life is a story, change it with Dulux. And I thought, what a genius sales pitch. Because it's true, isn't it? Our lives are a story. And as people, under the corruption of the snake and the brokenness of sin, we want the story to change. We hate this story. We do want it to change. But what a load of nonsense that a lick of paint is going to fix our broken relationship with God, with each other, and with the world. A painted house can still be full of exactly the same problems, can't it, boys and girls? Dulux is not the answer, as much as they'd like to sell that to us. And do you know what? The answer as to how is this story, the story of our lives, the story of our broken world going to change, comes in Genesis 3, verse 15, where God tells us what's going to change the story. And it isn't paint. 
It's what he promises in Genesis 3.15. So listen to what God says. This is the voice of God speaking to the snake, the one who's tricked man into sinning and broken everything. This is what God says to him. He says, I will put enmity, that means I'm going to make you at war, between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. Listen to this bit, boys and girls. He, that's the son of the woman, will crush your, the snake's head, and you will strike his heel. That's the promise. God's promise is that one day there's going to be one son from the woman, and he's going to crush the snake. He's going to stomp him out. And that snake is going to be destroyed. He's going to crush the snake. This is the promise of God. And when he crushes the snake, he's going to undo all the bad the snake did. He's going to fix things again. So instead of being broken under the snake, things are going to be two thumbs up once again. Because this son is going to get rid of the snake that we hate and the effects that he's had on our world. But did you see what's going to happen to this son? This amazing, this amazing snake crusher son. Do you see what's going to happen to him? He's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. The snake is going to do one last bit of damage. He's going to strike out one last time. And he's going to hurt the sun. Now the snake is going to get crushed on the head and be gone forever. The sun is going to get bruised on the heel. Not the head. He's going to be hurt. But not completely destroyed. And what I want us to do this this morning, girls, is people who want the story to change, I think we should be looking for this sun. I want to find this sun. The story changer. The one who's going to crush the snake and make it all better. We've seen that God makes and that the snake breaks, but, but who's this son who's going to remake? So what I, was, what I want us to do, boys and girls, is we're going to bring up some of the big characters of the Bible on the screen. And I want you to shout out a question. And the question is, are you the snake crusher? Okay, let's have a practice. Shout out, are you the snake crusher? That's kind of convincing, but could be better. Let's do that again. Are you the snake crusher? All right, let's bring up the first one. Abraham, the father of nations. Let's ask him, Abraham... Are you the snake crusher? Oh, snake's not crushed. Maybe we need someone a bit more uh, impressive. Let's bring up the next one. Moses. Oh, this guy led people out of slavery. He's a hero. Let's ask Moses. Moses, are you the snake crusher? This is not going well, isn't it? Let's ask someone else. Uh, Bring the next one. Joshua, he's got a sword. Ooh, that's good for for giving a snake a good old whack. Let's ask Joshua. Joshua, are you the snake crusher? Do you know what, boys and girls? I think we're getting it wrong here. I think we need someone a bit more gnarly. We need a real hard, hard guy. We need a tough, tough guy. So let's bring up the next guy. Samson, what a beast of a man. A total warrior. Maybe, maybe this tough nut is going to be one who's going to crush that snake and remake everything. Samson, are you the snake crusher? All right, one more try. Let's think about it. We need someone who's a a king, don't we? We need a ruler, a leader. Maybe, Maybe God's chosen king. Maybe David. Let's ask David. David's pretty convincing. He killed Goliath. A snake's no bother. Goliath was massive. Let's ask David. David. Are you the snake crusher? Oh. Boys and girls, this is not going well, is it? And so we finish the Old Testament, the first big half of the Bible, and the snake is not crushed. We're still broken with God, broken with each other, broken with the world. Not good. But I think we've got one more we can try. One more potential snake crusher. Let's bring up the next one. 
Is this a snake crusher? Let's ask him. Are you the snake crusher? No way. It's a baby. A baby in a stable. It is Jesus. He's the one. I know it's the classic Sunday school answer, but you're right. Jesus is the snake crusher. So here's, here's the story, boys and girls. The son in the, snake, in the stable is the snake crusher. The one born in Bethlehem is the one who would defeat the devil. That's the story. The snake crusher was cradled in swaddling clothes. Can you believe it? And I know that this doesn't look very impressive. Born in a stable with all these smelly animals that we just saw wrapped around him. But actually, this is the one we've all been waiting for. And this is why, boys and girls, we make such a big deal about this birthday more than any other birthday. Now, I like my own birthday, but we don't celebrate my birthday together as a church. None of you dress up as the people involved in my birth. But we make a big deal, which my mother is grateful for, that's true. (laughs) But we make a big deal about this, because the purpose of this birth was the promise of Genesis 3. 15. This is the story changer, the world remaker. And the arrival of Jesus is such good news, not because of what he did as a baby, but because what he did when he grew up. He grew up and he lived without sin. And he defeated death and sin and the snake forever. And he did that in the most amazing way, boys and girls, grown-ups. By dying on a cross, by taking away the sin that broke everything on himself. He didn't deserve to die for sin. We did. Sinners like me and you, like Adam and Eve. But he takes it on himself so that our sin is gone away. And then he dies for our sins. But what happened three days later? Jesus died on the Friday. What happened on the Sunday? Go for it, go for it. He rose again. And that's how he defeated sin and death forever. And that's why at Sunday school, what do we sing when we sing Super Saviour? We say he's the... Sin smasher, the death crusher. And as he smashes sin and crushes death, this is how he crushes the snake. All the snake had on us was sin and death. That was all he had. And we were completely wrapped up in it. So he had total, total rule over everything. But then in comes Jesus. And he gets rid of sin. And he gets rid of death. And this is how he remakes what was broken. This is how he fixes things the way they were meant to be when God first made them. The baby born in Bethlehem defeating the devil of Genesis 3.15. This is our story this morning. And it can be our story because Jesus says, if you trust in me, if you believe in me, then my offer to you is eternal life, forgiveness of sins, relationship with God. This is what he offers to people who trust in him, freedom from the snake forever. This is how the story gets changed. It is not to do with Dulux. It is to do with the baby born in Bethlehem. Think about it. This is how Jesus fixes the top line. He gets rid of sin so that God can be friends with us again. We can be friends with him right now and forever. He gets rid of sin so that actually we learn how to forgive each other. And we start to change and be friends together again. And as he's getting rid of sin, he's going to change the world. So that it becomes the perfect place to live with him, with each other, forever. That is the story of what Jesus is doing in history. And it can be your story. Boys and girls, grown-ups, if you've already trusted in Jesus, this is your story, isn't it? You've got freedom from the snake because of forgiveness with the son. Actually, what God made, though the snake broke it, 
the Son is remaking in your life. That's amazing, isn't it? So it's not just a story of what God's going to do with the world, though he is when he returns. This is how it's going to be forever. Perfect with God, perfect with each other, perfect world. But Jesus can do that in our lives today. So if you're a boy or a girl or a grown-up, and you don't know Jesus yet today, and your life is still in the broken story, this is how it gets changed. Don't redecorate this new year. It's not worth it. Take Jesus into your heart this Christmas, and he begins to change our lives, to bring us back to God, to, to friendship with each other, gives us a whole new family, and puts us right with this world. Boys and girls, you've been very good. Thank you so much for listening and for asking, are you the snake crusher? You've been amazing. We're going to sing one more song. And it's a song that uses the name Emmanuel. Does anyone know what Emmanuel means?